It's the Urban Parlay with your host, Sandra DuBose. Vibe with the tribe that'll take your stress away. Right here on the Urban Parlay. Bonjour and welcome to the Urban Parlay podcast. I'm your host, Sandra DeBose, and we are celebrating today. What are we celebrating? We're celebrating Pride Month, LGBTQIA Pride Month. Now, don't ask me what the rest of those letters are for at the end, because those are new. I'm not up on it. But I have a wonderful guest today on the Urban Parlay podcast. And let me just tell you something about this sister right here, whom I absolutely love and adore. Um, I've known her, mm, I think we met in 2009. It's been several years, um, but we live far away, so I don't get to see her often, but we do keep up on Facebook. And she's had some transitions in her life over the years. And so I asked her if she would come and share with us and teach us, give us some insight, dispel some myths. For people who don't know, you about to learn today. So we just gonna get into it. So without further ado, I wanna bring to the stage my beautiful friend. This is Julia Mack Crittenden. Yes. Welcome sis to the Urban Parlay podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. So let me just give people a little background about how we actually met. Julia and I both have alopecia. Back in 2008, when I started to uh, advocate for alopecia awareness and I started to look on the internet and see what women were out there sharing their stories so that I could learn more information and connect with people. Julia was one of the first people that I saw. And I was like, oh my God, this sister is gorgeous. At the time you had no hair at all. She was just rocking dimples and some lip gloss and some big earrings. And I said, yes, indeed. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. And so we connected over the internet because she was doing a lot of work as she does still um, supporting women with alopecia. And then we had an opportunity to meet when I was the keynote speaker at the Alopecia Ariata Foundation's yearly conference. And that was in Texas. Um, so that was in 2009. And so that's when we actually met face to face. And I don't know if you remember this, Julia, when we, when we first met and then it was, it was me and you, and I think it was a bunch of other black women, right? And we came upon one another. We just were looking at each other like, we're beautiful, you know, like seeing each other helped us to really see how beautiful we were as individuals. And we all just started to cry and hug. Do you remember that moment? I remember, yes, I remember because I remember the emotional moment that we all had. Yeah. And that was that, you know, because normally, because we're thinking about the, the foundation, we're thinking, oh, okay, yeah, we're gonna coming together and there's right. going to be other people that look like us. But there were other people that look like, look like us, look like us. Yes. And it was so amazing. And so we took that picture. Right. I remember taking that picture and that just triggered uh, uh, so much for me. And especially like in our community yeah. uh, and how we just hide from it. Cause I remember uh, that's where they felt comfortable was, you know, just being there. There were some, I think there was one that didn't feel as comfortable with right. off, um, her wig, but eventually she did yes. take it off. But that's what moved the movement, at, at least for me, sure. to make people feel really, especially us women and then us brown women, but yes. to make people feel like you're, you're beautiful, right. you know, you are beautiful. And yeah. I, you know, put together those um, promotions, the billboards and, right. um, and then started taking photos. I mean, like I literally started taking these photos with my bald head on purpose because mm -hmm. I was like, no, this is. We're, we're doing this is it's going to be a positive thing it's going to be a beautiful thing mm -hmm. you know don't feel sorry for me right like this is this is who I am yeah you know? and I embrace uh, it so that's that was just I'll, I yeah. still remember that yes, me too I loved it. yeah I, I, I have I go back to that moment and I've since have been able to create that opportunity and experience for other women 
by bringing women together that are dealing with alopecia. And it happens every time, Julia. I know you know what I'm talking about. When we come together and we see one another, it's just the awakening where everybody just starts to sit up a little bit straighter. You know what I mean? It's like we're walking on the set of Wakanda. We're all standing there soldiers like girl Bob, you know, lacking nothing lacking nothing. So yeah, so that was how we met and we've stayed connected ever since. And so just to give you a little bit more information about Miss Julia, she is a private investigator. Okay. So don't do nothing crazy because I will call my girl and we will find out what's going on. (laughs) Okay. Officially, we got all kinds of contraptions. Okay. She's a private investigator, which is a new accomplishment. Didn't you just do that like over the pandemic, you just like, yes, that was, now that was the crazy thing. (laughs) (laughs) What were you doing during the pandemic? (laughs) I am a city official, right? So um, that's, and so working uh, at the health department and during the pandemic with COVID, uh, I was seeing so much death. I mean, for the first four months of COVID, I know I cried every week. Okay. You know, I cried every week because there was someone or multiple people just dying, yes. right? And then on top of that, not being able to see my mother, right. um, there were so many things that were happening that I was just like, dang, you know, like life is really, it really is too short. You it know? is, it is. And so I started thinking about like, what is it that you want to do and go do it. Okay? Right. So I started looking back at, you know, I've always wanted to be a, a police officer. <laughs> And I'm not going to be a police officer. Okay. Bravo to the ones that are out there. Right. My my, my good ones. Right. Right. (laughs) That part. Um. But it's it's like a detective. I wanted to be like the detective. You know, not just the police. I want to be a detective. Right. Closest thing to being a detective was a private investigator. So when I was in my late twenties, that's one of the things that I like put. I remember putting this down in a notebook, Mm -hmm. like all the goals that I wanted to accomplish in this lifetime and private investigating was one right and but that was in my late 20s I'm like 47 now right anyways I revisited that basically and I was like okay so it's time to get it cracking Julia so you you got work you you know you got your kids your 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 grandma so what what can you do what can you do for you and I said, you know what? I started looking into being a private investigator, which I have been doing over the course of some years anyways, right. but I just never did it. You right. know, that procrastination, putting stuff off. And I sat down and I said, you know what? Let's do it. So I, <laughs> I did what I had to do as far as, you know, sending off for whatever and sending the fees. And then I had like 60 days to go through and study this 200 page manual that had no pictures in it. <laughs> Power to you. Just a lot of laws, you know, so it was a lot. It was a lot. So I had 60 days to do that. I studied, did what I needed to do and took the test and I passed it. I was there and they said you passed and I cried and I was like, And you know what? But that's one of the things I've always loved about you and why we've always, you know, had that good vibe, you know, because we're both 47 years old and we're women on the grind. You know, we are passionate. There's something that we want to do. We go out and we do it. And I love that what you were able to take away from the pandemic was that sense of urgency to say, you know what? It's time to really take this pain that I'm feeling use that as my source of power to drive me towards my goals. So I'm just super proud of you because sometimes it just takes that where, you know, now that your kids are older, and by the way, you have three children um, that are 27, 20, and 16 years old, which you don't look like none of that just happened. So I'm still confused. And you're a grandmother. Come on here, somebody. I'm an umi. I'm an umi. She's a whole umi. How does that work? grandmother in Nigerian, right? I love that. Umi. He's down too. He's like a year old, but he's so cute. And so, but now it's your season. So it totally makes sense, right? You've given, you've given, you've given, and now it's time for you to finish becoming the woman that you've always wanted to be. So let's talk a little bit about that, which is the main course on the table on today. So when I met you, Julia, 
at the time we were both married and we, you know, we had that in common, our husbands, our children and all that kind of stuff. But over the years, I've seen that you have since divorced and now you have shifted and you have a beautiful um, woman in your life. And I was just like, okay, she had not told me nothing. Ain't nobody told me nothing. <laughs> so if you could share with us your journey, like how did we get here? The thing that I was so um, passionate about covering this topic on the show is that it seems like this is something that's trending, right? You're just one of the people. I know several people who've made that transition in their life, but you're the one that I was like, I got to get Julia because I know she going she going to dish. She going to tell me what's really going on. What's the real out in these streets? Okay. Because like I said, you know, I've been divorced for seven years and I've been single ever since. Um, I've had situationships, but girl, that ain't, that ain't even nothing to talk about. But in terms of a relationship, I've not been in a relationship. So what I'm seeing and what I'm finding sitting in this seat at 47 and what we're seeing in the world is that we're seeing a lot of women that are making this shift to be in same-sex relationships. Um, I'm really fascinated by Niecy Nash and her stories, who's an actor and a comedian who really shocked the world because she has, like you, three children. She's been married twice. You know, and then it's like all of a sudden she comes out, she's married to Jessica Betts and they're happily ever after. I follow her on Instagram and she's just like glowing like a teenager every single day. And I'm just like, okay, is this trending? Am I missing something? Was there a memo or an email and it's in my junk box or something and I missed it? Like what is going on? So please. You know what the beautiful thing, let me just touch on Nisi okay. Nash and her marriage. It's so, it's so wonderful because like literally she is the example of, I found someone that it's just, it's just, love it's just I am in love I am it is not about what gender this person has you know like she was just she's just truly in love with that person and and infatuated and 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 just to the core of her soul and that was just beautiful not that she wasn't she she wasn't just caught up on okay well okay now I got a divorce and now I just gotta go and I don't even think she was looking to be in a relationship it was just that this person was treated her with the utmost respect I'm sure I'm not like I'm it's not like that's my best friend let's text her and ask her (laughs) hey Nisi (laughs) but the fact that she just found somebody that she um just like you would do in any other type of relationship in a heterosexual relationship you find a guy that you connect with and and that's there and you all go do stuff and you all and then you start a relationship like she totally did that with, I'm sure, with her. I mean, just hearing her on the, um, the red table um, talk. Red table right. talk. I think that's just a beautiful example of just I just love who I love, and you know. Yes, because last we talked, you were told married to this beautiful, handsome, chocolatey man, the father of your children. Okay, what what part did I miss? <laughs> <laughs> everyone missed and it's so funny because everyone missed it except those that really knew me you know yeah so um so it's of course it's something that what do we do when we realize something about ourselves early on and it doesn't align with you know the the household or the the religion or something it's just outside of the norm then we shut that down we suppress it exactly exactly so in seventh grade, sixth, seventh grade, when I'm like looking at, you know, yeah, everyone, I look at the beauty and it's, it was a beautiful thing about me, of course, I'm going to say this is that I see the beauty in everyone, right? Um, okay. So if, if there's a fine dude in front of me, I'm going to say you fine, okay? Like you, you but there's a fine right. woman in front of me, you, you fine, you know? Okay, sure. <laughs> so those feelings um, came up early, very early in my childhood, okay? Mm. And that is just something that was just, at the time, I didn't know what to, what label to put on it because I just mm. didn't know, right? And I knew that it was different. I knew that it was different. 
And I knew that I didn't want to be different, like, oh, uh, you know. Sure. Like, uh, so that's something I just put away. Like it didn't, it didn't actually have, it didn't come with a label. I didn't, I didn't know what it was until I actually got into high school. So okay. then that's when I was like, oh, okay. And then even someone told me, you know, there's a rumor going around that you're gay. And I was like, what? What? You, whatever. Because I was already a tomboy, like from birth. I was a tomboy. Were you? Were you really? It's <laughs> like, no way. Oh, yeah. Oh, so when that happened, then I think the Julia, you know, 5.0 with the tight skirts, the little mini skirts, and me hanging around all these dudes, you know, and then it turned into from the gay to Julia need to get her own man because all these guys, and they were just my friends, you know. Right, um, sure. I, I vibe with them, you know. Those like, what's up? Their lockers with like four of them, right? And so okay. Like, <laughs> okay. Julia's, she's effing around with everybody in the school or whatever, and I'm okay. like, they just don't know. Like inside, I'm, I know who I am, right? Okay. They are talking about a person that is still a virgin mm. until the the end of her senior year. You know, all these rumors. Of course, they don't know, right? So, right. And, but I had to put on this front because I was like, oh, that's that, that gay word is a bad word, you know? Like, okay. I knew they were touching on something because, mm. yeah, yeah, I, I do find these girls attractive or whatever, but you know, I had to, I had to close that down too. Let me ask you a question. So did you grow up in a religious background and did, was it your family life that was very clear that this is wrong? Don't do it. Or what made you feel like, because again, we're 47 years old. So we're, we going back. We ain't talking about 2021. You know what I'm saying? We, we got to take it back a little bit to the culture during that time where it wasn't as prideful as it is today and celebratory, right? right? Like people were literally getting beat up. There were, you know, there was an AIDS epidemic. There was a lot of stigma and negative energy around that. So was it just the social aspect that gave you that fear or was it your family? Where was that energy coming from? It was more the social aspect because let me tell you something. My mom, <laughs> even though she was religious, look, but God loves you. She is just this, she, she loves Christ, right? So it wasn't like I saw her like bashing someone else. Like I saw her saying something about someone else. Like I have an uncle Jerry and uncle Raj. They're two white men. Okay. I'm Brown. My mom raised us around my uncle Jerry and uncle Raj. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It didn't even dawn on me until I was in high school that, Oh, uncle Jerry, uncle Raj, you know what I'm saying? Like, wow. Okay. We, those are our people. Like, so even though she's like this religious or that she has this religious background, she's accepting, she's, she was very accepting, you know, she was Mm -hmm. very accepting and loving and we didn't see because of her, like I, like I attribute like my, uh, the way that I look at people to her because she did not judge. She didn't, she just loved on people. She lived, she lived her Christian she lifestyle. Did. She lived it out for real. And she said, yes. So it's really more of a social aspect because of what was going on um, and, and what was happening in our In that era. Right, in that era. Mm-hmm. And I could say that was my community, but yes, and what was happening during that time. So it was more of that than anything. I, I felt different in high school. That I felt different when I was in middle school, realized it in high school, but then was like, mm, because all this stuff is going on, sure. I need to stay right here, you know. Keep it safe. Keep and, it safe. And um, and then I just I just need to make sure that I go on to, you know, have a have a, a good man and this normal life, right? So tell me about when you met your husband and your decision to. Did you make a conscious decision to say, I acknowledge this attraction to women, however. I am choosing to live a heterosexual lifestyle, which is what I find a lot of people are doing, right? I, I meet a lot of men that are very effeminate and it's like, you can tell that there's definitely an openness there, but they may be choosing to lead a heterosexual lifestyle 
because of whatever their reasons are. But the reality is that there's this whole other energy <laughs> that they're like suppressing, whether it's a religious belief or whatever the case may be. So what, what was happening inside of you when you decided to get married and, to, and become a mom and, and follow that path? Well, yeah, I, I made that decision like the year, like I consciously made that decision, like the year that I, um, my, the end of my senior year um, mm -hmm. with the, the only person that, that, knew, that knew who I was. And mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? <sighs> You're gonna have to show me what I'm gonna have to do. You know, like when he took, because the whole virginity thing, like, Okay. Um, happened. So I was like, you're going to have to, if I'm going to live this life, then you have to show me what I need to do. Okay. And that's what happened. And so then that's that. And then I was like, okay, so now I know how to do it with men. Okay. So let's, we can keep that rolling. And that's basically what I did. Like I really, before I entered into my, the, the whole marriage thing, I, um, I think I mistreated, I believe I had, I did, I mistreated myself. <laughs> did myself very wrong um in trying to prove to myself that this is the this is the life that you need to live you know this is what this is what it takes it takes yeah. to be a woman you know like you gotta you gotta have dudes and guys and this and that you gotta do it was just it was horrible I look back at that and I'm, I'm still saddened by that feel. yeah I feel that I feel mm -hmm. that I do mm -hmm. so but when I met my ex-husband we started talking, we went out and then we had like this, this moment where I was basically still doing my thing or whatever. And I don't know what that means. What does that mean? So I wasn't like faithful, you know? Okay. Got you. At that point you were only with men though. You had not been with women. Only with men. Okay. Okay. And, and so uh, I ended up having my son by another man. And then within about a few months after that, he and I, my ex-husband and I started talking again. And from that moment forward, like we were best friends. We started out best friends and then we ended up getting married. And then we had two more kids and it's, we were together for 20, 22 and a half years. Here's the thing though, going into the relationship, that friend part of the relationship, he knew that I was bisexual. Did he? Because here, here's the thing, bisexual, is a safe for me. I'm not going to say that that is safe for anyone else, but for me, that was safe to say because it's like, but I'm choosing you. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm bisexual, but I'm, I'm choosing you though. So we, we good, right? He didn't really think anything okay. of it. It was, it was something that didn't manifest into anything, you know? He was just like, oh, okay, like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right let's keep it moving uh, okay and it never came up again for us but as I continued to live my life I started getting involved more into the LGBT community I started volunteering I was on the board of our local um, fairness board and as I continued to surround myself with my community right yeah I felt this, it's very, I was very um, sad, mm. very sad because it was like, I had this, this person in me, like that Julia, the Julia in me saying, oh, let me out. Right, right. And, and that's what it was. I just wanted to just burst out and it would it it and that basically turned into me crying like constantly you're making me cry I'm like I'm like let I'm like let her out <laughs> I'm crying for you <laughs> that, that turned into me literally I was crying like all the time in the shower the shower was the safest place for me to cry because there was water already running right girl don't we know it <laughs> That's where mamas cry. Mamas, mamas cry in the shower. shower. Right. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> so, um, and that's what it turned, that's what it turned into. And I was just, it was so overwhelming. Mm. It was your time. It was your time to just. Yes. It, it, it was so very, it was so overwhelming. And I just, I wanted to just be, I wanted to be free. He was my best friend. You know? Sure. And I was like, yeah. this man knows everything about me, but he doesn't. 
like me saying I'm bisexual was not me really being truthful with him. And I finally, um, it was probably like two years before we even got a divorce because our transition was a very beautiful transition. Um, yeah. Uh, but I told him, like I, I, we literally sat down and I told him that, you know what, I know I told you this, but I'm, I'm really, this is who I really am. So do you identify as just being gay now? Like, I don't even like tags, but I am, a, I'm a lesbian. Yes. You're a lesbian. Okay. Um, hands down, you know, and it's, and okay. it's not like, cause I know that guys kind of go through this whole thing. Like, did I, did I not please you? Or, you know, it's not a sex thing because mentally we mentally like women can do anything. We're like superheroes. Right. <laughs> that's true. We, that's can, true. Like, we can fix our minds to okay this is this is going to be pleasing to me so you know it's going to be pleasing it's going to be pleasing that's what it is this is what we got to do you know and that's what I did right. so it's not like you know it wasn't that like I had to tell him that it wasn't even a sex it's not about sex it's about me connecting with with the with it's just who I am it's not even me connecting with someone else it's just Okay. This is who I was, you know. Okay, I have a question. So the, that season where you had this awakening and you wanted to be free, was it because you met someone in that community that awakened that, or was it just your own awakening from being amongst the culture and the vibe and the energy that was like yes, yes, and yes? So which it is, it was that. It was because I was around it so much, and I was like, God, yes, oh my God, you know, I would see things. I'm like, oh my, oh so. I would be crying. Oh, oh, yes, yes. Okay, but here's here's what happened. Okay. So I, I'm the executive director of Generation I Speak as a youth literacy organization that I created for when my son was like 15 years old. And then we created this little community of young writers and we took them to California, took them to these this festival called Braving Voices. And mm-hmm. it was the second Braving Voices that we went to that these young people were on the stage bearing their souls. And this young lady got up on the stage and she was talking about who she was, you know, and that she was, she was lesbian. She didn't say it, you know, like that or anything, but the, sure. the words that were coming out of her mouth and her just being who she was, and this is who I am. And, and I'm just sitting down there as a mother, you know, and, cause she's young, you know, and I'm looking up there like, oh my goodness, you know? girl, yes, you know, that's my baby up there. That is like, that was my child up there. Cause I have literally have my child there. <laughs> sure. The right. And I was so proud of her. I was sitting up there like, and I'm thinking to myself, like I am at the time 30 something years old and I am not, she's so evolved. What about me? Like, this is literally going in through my brain as she's doing this, right. like, you know, she's bearing her soul and I can't even do that. I'm grown and I can't even bear my soul. Like all of this mm. that I am feeling and I have, I can't do it. Why can't I do that? What is going on with yeah. me? So I'm, I'm going through all of that. All the while the, the coach that I brought with me, one of the chaperones, she's literally going through the same thing, right? <laughs> it was great. Okay. She was saying, yes, yes. So when the young lady comes off the stage, she, we're like right there at the end of the stage and we're hugging her. Like, I'm so proud of you. Oh, so proud of you. We're crying. Yeah. Thank you. Giving her all that support because she broke down on the stage. So we're like supporting her. And then the coach and I hugged, right? And then she was like, she's just crying and everything. And she was like, I love women too. (laughs) I know your, your audience can't see me, but I'm hugging her, right? <laughs> Mind you, she's beautiful, right? Oh. <laughs> I was already sharing a room with her, right? And I recognize that. I mean, she's beautiful, period. Yes. I already knew that, right? Right. I'm hugging her, and I'm like, <laughs> everything in me was like, okay, did she just say what I just think she said? Wait a minute. Oh, she wait, said wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> and so I'm like I'm beside her ear and I literally look at her like 
she just did not say this. Did she just say this? Yeah. So then right there, my mind started going like, oh my goodness. Cause I didn't really know her, know her. Right. Yeah. She was, I sent a message out to over 200 plus English teachers in the community, in this, in our school system here, because I needed mm -hmm. an actual writing coach to help these kids. I had an organization, but I didn't have the skills to do what I needed to, to happen. Right. So she was literally the only one to write back. She was the only one to hit me back and say, hey, can we meet? And I was like, yeah. So she was, she became the coach. She became the writing coach. And she, for two years, went on these trips. This was the second year. And so this second year, this came out. So I've known her over the course of the, the whole year and was kind of business like, oh yeah. I never dismissed the fact that this is a beautiful woman, you know, like, oh my God. Sure. And, and all my tomboys, that's the one thing that I never changed, even when I was married. Like, I'm a basketball short, <laughs> some flat locks, and, you know, and a beater, you know. So that's normally how I am anyways. Okay. And so I started to put together the fact because I didn't know her, right? That was safe. I didn't know her. Sure. So in my brain, I said, this is, this is safe. Because now she just said what she said, we're in this space. I need to talk to her. Okay. Right. And so I was like, hey, like we didn't even really talk for real. And I was like, hey, um, would you mind going to lunch, you know, after this? <laughs> and she was like, okay, cool. You know, that's fine. And then, <laughs> and then on her side of the story, she's thinking like, why is she even asking me this? Right. But we get to Dang. lunch. And I, I start to unpack the fact that she, what she said, yeah. you know, and then I started talking about our girls in the group that had a piece that talked about a gay relationship, right? Sure. See, I'm still trying to fill her out at this point because I'm about to say something that I have never, I could say that I have never said, because even though the guy that took my virginity, like he understood right? I just never said it. Like those words just never came out my mouth, right? But it came to the point and I was like, okay, so you said that you love women too. And she was like, yes. And then, so she started expressing that and she unpacked it and she said what she had to say. And I said, I love women too. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love women too. You know, I was like, you know, basically I'm, I'm gay. Like <laughs> I love what, like I came out to her. Yeah. I, right. I came out to her <laughs> and she basically came out to me. Like she was yeah. like, but I, it, it, and that day was just full of, I, it was, it took me back to literally to middle school. I, we were running up the street talking. Like there was not a care in the world. <laughs> there. Like we didn't have kids in Berkeley. Like <laughs> we are like skipping up and down the street, like literally skipping up and down the street. Like, so happy. Oh my God. So what did it And we started comparing stories. Like, what did you think? What did you feel? What did you do? And how did you, I mean, it was just, it was so much. It was so much like from middle school up until 30 something years old, like, 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 I don't even have any experiences to tell you or whatever, but what I right. have are all of my feelings and what this feels like and how this felt to me and the emotions that, it, you know, but it was like we were kids. So question. So was she living a heterosexual lifestyle herself? She was married. She was married at the time as well. Yes. And so she has children as well. Yes, she has a son. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Okay. Keep talking. <laughs> Like, I just, this is so eye-opening. I'm, I seriously, and this is the thing why this conversation is so important because people speculate, right? And when you don't know, you fill in the blanks with all kinds of ridiculousness of what you think might be happening. And so I think, especially those who are very religious or have all of these um, opinions about everybody else's life and what God feels and thinks and allows and this, that, and the third, and you're allowed to have your own opinions. But at the end of the day, we're all human and we're all God's children. Right. And my belief is that we all are deserving of yes. love. 
period, point blank. And so whatever that looks like and feels like for you, I feel like everybody deserves to have that. So I, I'm, I'm just like enjoying, you know, your experience of, I get it. You know, when you feel connected to someone, to when you find someone that you have that bond and that you can legitimately have that joy and feel like you can be authentically who you are, that that's accepted. And not only that, it's appreciated, it's celebrated, it's loved. And you find your person. I mean, God is love. How can he not be found in the midst of something so beautiful? You know, so I'm loving this. So I I do have a question. You two are still together today. Yeah. So we didn't get together at that, that moment. Like I can not, not like that was that Julia, all the, all those times that Julia was crying in the, (laughs) don't make me cry. I just put these eyelashes on girl. You're going to mess me up. All right. I'll, I'll cry them off with you. All right. (laughs) But all the times that. That that was me. That was me that wanted to get out. <laughs> that moment that I replayed over and over again. When I tell you that we were skipping, that was that was that Julia. That was that was me inside. Just like let me out, let me out. And I was out. I was out. And it was felt so good. It felt so good. And so the ball was rolling, right? So I was like, there's no way I can get back in. I can't go back in. I can't do that. Why would you want to? Yeah, right. So that is when I made the decision to finally tell, you know, some time had, you know, gone by or whatever. And that is the time that I decided to tell him. And we did a video, like my husband at the time, we did this video with the kids and, and it was my coming out story. Oh, wow. And he was like, yeah. So um, he was like, yeah, Jay just came and we just had this um, this conversation. And she told me that. And I was like, I'm, I'm gay. You know, this is on this video that we like posted on Facebook. That was my coming out to everyone else. Oh, no way. I thought you meant to the kids. Yeah, no, like I talked to them. So like we, I came to okay. them and then I talked to my kids and then we made this video. Oh my God. This video tells basically that I'm coming out to the world. The world, wow. The real reason for that video is that you can see my strong family behind me, loving on me unconditionally. And that was the reason for that, right? It was to tell other people that you can't break this. You're gonna have to follow our lead. You know what I'm saying? You know, and that was the, he to this day is still like that. To this day, I love that you follow our lead, you know, because I I love her. These are our kids. My kids were like, I love my mom, but you follow you follow us. You gonna have to transform to what we do over here, right? Oh wow! So wow. that was um, that was amazing. So that yes. so after after God, oh Lord, just thinking about that, just all of that is just yeah. That's so powerful. I think the saddest thing for me as I guess I would be considered an ally. I'm not um, a lesbian. I'm not bisexual, um, but I am passionate about my people and the people that I love, you know, and I always surrounded by as an artist, I'm always surrounded by, uh, you know, the community. <laughs> They're all like my, my, my besties and you know what I mean? And I get to see who these people are and feel into their love and, and, and all of that kind of stuff. So I'm definitely a strong ally, <laughs> you know. And I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Yeah, no doubt. Definitely. Because my thing is, you know, I'm a whole rebel. If it was me, if I felt that way, I would be expressing it right. too. So I feel that. So when you say be free, you know, whether, whether it was us, you know, being bald and not wearing wigs or whatever decisions we made, we're just those kind of women that we have to be authentically yeah who we are at the end of the day, we really can't do yeah. it any other way, not for a long period of time anyway. At some point, it's got to, yeah. you're going to find out what's really going on because that's what makes us who we are. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I definitely connect to that. But what always breaks my heart is that, especially in counseling, so many young teenagers that are struggling with their identity, they don't always have that strong family 
support system, you know, so that's why we, we're dealing with, you know, suicide rates on the rise and depression and anxiety and all of the things and low self-esteem that our young people are dealing with because in their search, they don't always have that foundation of unconditional love that they deserve. Even while they're in the midst of figuring it out, there should still be that family base of people that love you for who you are, no matter what that looks yeah. like. And everybody doesn't have that. And that breaks my heart. Yeah. It really, really breaks my heart. So it's so, I'm so glad that you were able to uh, have that level of leadership for your children. Like how amazing that must've felt for you yeah. and how powerful that must've been for everybody to even see that video. Like we're shifting now, but we're still a unit. There's still love. And, and our love is unconditional, it's real, and it's unbreakable, even in the midst of new information and new realizations and new identities, we're still riding on this love train. So kudos to you and your family you. for, for showing up and being leaders, you know, in, in this community. That's what's yeah, up. I do know that, um, you know, kind of backtracking, you know, out, right, came out and mm -hmm. my brother, you know, I just, I made a statement where I was like, I just want to make sure that you're going to love me after I tell you what I'm going to tell you. And he said, what yeah. you going to tell me you gay? <laughs> and I was like, so I told you people knew. Yeah. So what I'm saying, people knew. They just, okay. you know, it's like one of those hush hush, you know, long as you don't say nothing, we ain't going to say nothing. You know? Sure. You, right. Okay. So tell me about your mom. Even though my mom brought us up to just love but the difference is that when it becomes one of your own yeah something is very different then so what was accepting to her then was not as accepting you know she was she was not happy is that she was not happy it just wasn't that's not her plan that wasn't her plan and and then of course when she says it, it's not god's plan you know, sure. and so that has been some years because I came out when I was 39, I'm 47 now. Um, so now I am with <laughs> that coach. Yes, right. <laughs> I am with that coach that I came out to. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful thing. It really is. And now my mom, she told me, she said, you just, you just had to give me some time. And so she's still not there hundred percent, yeah. but she is loving. She is very loving to, um, to my partner now. Fiance. Mm. She's my fiance. It's so funny. Cause I, I, of course I proposed to her like three years ago and yeah. we're finally, you know, making the, the move here this fall. So yeah, it's be exciting. It's really going to be exciting to call, you know, cause I, I gotta have a wife, you know, I have, <laughs> that's so beautiful it's rolling off my tongue white okay so anyways wow you know my mom is uh again not as as uh excited excited but she loves yeah and i love her yeah. and she is you know i can't it is what it is you it know is it, it is what it is yeah but what i've yeah. learned to do is just live i have to live for myself yeah at the end of the day this is my journey that's right this is mine and as long as my my babies are taken care of and they understand and realize that they have a life to live and they have a journey to to travel as well we we good you know we're good we're good yeah yeah i think at the end of the day the people that really love you they'll love you regardless you know what i mean that's yes. when life happens you find out who really does love you, who's really in your corner for you. Yes. Because part of the journey of growing up and maturing and becoming is being unapologetically yourself. Exactly. And realizing that that might disappoint some people mm -hmm. who had their own ideal of what that's supposed to look like. Right. And I think as a mother, even, I've learned that lesson even all the more when my children do things that are out of the box from what I perceived that they would be <laughs> or do. And it's like, where's this? I did not raise you that way. Well, you know, it's like you are, I do not own, you know, I'm the conduit for these, 
these human beings, you know what I mean? To bring the spirit into the world. And I teach them what they need to know foundationally. And after that, it's best between them and God who they decide to become and unpack and figure out who all is in there. And I'm learning who they are just like they're learning themselves. So it's a very humbling experience. And it really is the opportunity to love like Christ loved. Yes. Without condition. Yes. Without condition and without judgment. Exactly. They missed that. They missed that all over. They missed that scripture. They missed that passage right now. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. We have grace for them. We have grace for them. Um, But I'm so proud of you. I'm seriously so freaking proud of you because I can feel the joy and the peace and the love. And as your friend, that's all I want for you, sis, for real and for real, because that's that's what I want for myself. You know what I'm saying? So I want that for you. It's like we all deserve to have that. Um, So as we're closing, I want you to tell us. I know there's so many people that can relate to your experience, man or woman, right? They might've been struggling. They might've had whatever their story might be. Is there any piece of wisdom and advice now that you're on the other side, you're free, you're enjoying, you are engaged. You about to be married. I'm be following you on Instagram, watching y'all be all happy. And (laughs) I'm be over here single, like where's mine, but where's, Where's your groomsman though? You ain't got nobody on that line for me. What's up? (laughs) Hook us up, okay? But what advice would you give to someone who might be on that same path and too afraid to come out and struggling? What advice would you give to them now that you are here and enjoying your life? Here's the thing. I guess if they are, especially if they are my age, Okay. And we have this one life. We have just this one life. Mm-hmm. Right? We're born, we live, we die. And what we do in between that is the, in that living, I mean, it really does come down to like, what is it that you want for yourself? We're so worried about other people and what other people think that we just totally like throw ourselves to the wolves, like, oh, and we want to please everyone else and, and, with our mask on, right? Like, as long as we keep this looking good, you know. Sure. The illusion. Um, everyone's different. Everyone's situation is different. But I'm saying you got to live your life. You have to live your life for you. That part. Period. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing. Especially at this, like, I'm 47 years old. I, I don't care what you think about me. Right. <laughs> about me. But if I'm happy, whoever makes me happy, she makes me happy. She loves me like to the core, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what I'm going to do. That's that's who I am, you know? Right. I don't care what you say. You don't even have to be a part of my life, you know? And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't want to want to lose certain people in their lives. They need to fire a test shot. Because mm. a lot of times when when that happens, you know, they'll see that person and they're like, mm, they may, they may be like, wait, wait, wait. But normally that test shot, either they're going to they run or they're going to be like, what? Right. Let me, let me stick around and see what's going on. Yeah. You know, let me stick around and see if such and such is safe or whatever. So I'm saying fire a test shot, be you, be who you are. Cause you, mm-hmm. you'll see that those people that you think that are going to, are going to like flee, they're going to be yeah. right there. They're going to, and half the time, they already even, they already know. <laughs> it's just good if you don't say anything, you know? Yeah, they sure. already know. They already, they already know. know. I love that. I fire a test shot. Yeah. You'll, you'll find out who's who. Yes. Yeah. And I think sometimes people need that because not until it's really tested, do they say, yeah, I might be mad, but... I still love you. I'll get over it. They'll figure it out. Right. They will figure it they out. Not to lose you, you know. <laughs> yeah. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Because she's not who or what I thought she should or was, or she's changed her mind, or if she decided to tell us what's really going on inside, that's her prerogative. And so I love that. I love the way you said that. Fire a test shot. You heard it here, y'all. Fire a test shot. If you didn't take anything away, if you are bound fire to shot. And I trust, trust that love will, love will show up. Yes. True love will always show up. Yes. Mm-hmm. How can people stay in contact with you? 
Okay, so on my Instagram, I'm at the Julia Mack. So mm-hmm. it's J U L I A M A C K. And then um, right. Talks with Julia on YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Talks with Julia. Yeah, and Julia is also an author. She is a wellness coach, a meta- motivational speaker, and you also still support women with alopecia. And again, you are my personal private investigator. So we're going to find out what the deal is. <laughs> Listen, sis, I, I really, I can't thank you enough. I can't express my happiness for you enough. And to all of the LGBTQIA community, you know, absolutely have pride in who you are. Love yourself. Be unapologetically you. God loves you. You are a child of God. And there is a community of people that love you and support you in your journey to love and happiness, which we all deserve. So thank you, everybody, for listening. And thank you again, Julia. And congratulations to you and your fiance. I shall be following on Instagram because I want to see all the pictures and all that good stuff. So all the best to you, sis. And uh, we'll, we'll stay connected. Absolutely. And for all of you listening, thank you so much for watching and for listening because this will be on YouTube. So um, check it out so you can see Julia's dimples that I'm so jealous of. <laughs> Her beautiful face. And I will be with you again next week. This is your host, Sandra DeBose. I bid you adieu. I wish you peace and I wish you blessings. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Urban Parlay Podcast. If you have enjoyed this content, please go ahead and subscribe and then invite all your friends. Tell them to come hang out and vibe with your new tribe. If you would like to support with a donation, you can do so via Cash App at dollar sign Urban Parlay Podcast and via PayPal at paypal.me forward slash Urban Parlay. Thanks. It's the Urban Parlay. Vibe with the tribe. Right here on the Urban Parlay.